Hi, I'm Teague. And I'm Sam. And we're your well-informed girlfriends. Bringing you today's news, gossip, and unsolicited hot takes. Well, I'm so happy to have Sam. You're back. We're back. We're doing it. I'm here. I know you all missed me so desperately. I heard from exactly zero of you, but it's fine. (laughs) Well, you're in Chicago now, and I'm in L.A., so we're doing this remotely, which is fun. Yeah, so fun. Um, Love talking about corona from a distance. Yes, (laughs) yes. This week, we're talking all things coronavirus. Like, how accurate are the tests, and what masks are and aren't effective? Yeah, it turns out some of those may be doing more harm than good. Plus, we spoke with a therapist about ways to fight mental fatigue in these trying times. Well, one question on a lot of people's mind is how accurate are these tests? Some people are getting positives and negatives. Uh, You might remember last week that Ohio governor also said he tested positive for the coronavirus right before meeting with the president, but then later said a more reliable test said he was negative. So that got us wondering how effective are these tests and what are the different types? Yeah, so dozens of tests have been approved by the FDA, and most of them are kind of relying on really complex procedures in a lab, but some of them are quick and simple enough to be run in a point-of-care setting like a doctor's office, but they are less effective. Some experts in the New York Times said we should consider going the quantity over quality route, like the more often you're tested, even if the tests are less accurate, would help prevent outbreaks. Um, So one possible solution might be antigen testing, which is kind of complex, but basically to summarize, it looks at specific pieces of protein. And right now there are two FDA approved ones. They need some specialized equipment, but like simpler versions of it could even be like a pregnancy test that you take at home. Obviously not to see if you're pregnant, but if you have coronavirus. Anyways, they'd allow people to like swab their mouths or noses or spit in a tube and then read the results at your house, which would be great. Um, The drawback is that some past antigen tests like this have only a 50% accuracy rate. So that's the toss-up and kind of where we're at right now. But realistically, I don't know, for me personally, I don't know about you, Teague, I would like to just take, I would be happy to take a test every day because I figure the more ill you are, probably the more likely it is to show up on the test, the more likely you are to pass it around. Yeah, well, I think we're lucky enough to live in L.A., which has made testing pretty accessible and easy. I've gotten probably now four COVID tests. I'm getting another one Wednesday because I'm going home to Chicago actually next week. So I just want to make sure I'm all my ducks are in a row. Um, and I've tested negative each time. But I think every time I do it, it gives me a piece of, you know, just gives me a peace of mind and um I think it's better to just do it as much as you can, just so you know, because you could be one of those asymptomatic people that spreads it, you know, as we know. For sure. And they say that, you know, a lot of young people were asymptomatic. And so living in Los Angeles, where I think, what is it, five, like at least 10% of the population has it right now or something. Yeah. So I, I before I left, I got at least three tests. And then um, personally, even on my way back before I got home to Chicago, I took an antigen test in Omaha, which is what we were just talking about. Um, and it came back negative and I guess I didn't really realize how the accuracy levels of those tests, but on the upside, I've, I've been here for a while and I'm not sick still, so it got that going for me, but I do think it would give us a lot of peace of mind. And I think, you know, it would probably help us prevent outbreaks if we were just getting tested more often. And they say that about pregnancy tests too, you know, you get one positive pregnancy test, like take another one just to make sure because they're not hundred percent accurate. Right. Exactly. 
this study from Duke found that some of these masks are literally doing more harm than good. So you know these neck gaiters because you've seen some people wearing them probably running or hiking. The ones that are lightweight, usually they're one layer. They seem pretty breathable. Um, researchers are saying that the porous fabric might actually be breaking up bigger particles coming out of your mouth into smaller ones that are more likely to hang around in the air longer. And there are other masks that didn't measure up, like bandanas or knitted masks basically are not doing enough to prevent the spread of coronavirus. And those N95 masks with the valve that opens for you to breathe, those are really not for prevention of coronavirus being spread because it's like the droplets coming out of your mouth. The valve would be helpful if you were trying to stop things from getting into your mouth. But like if you have coronavirus and you're wearing this mask, you're basically only protecting yourself and not helping anybody else. So that's, that's crazy because kind of, I yeah, feel like I've seen I people like... wearing those everywhere and it's kind of like, well, that's not helpful at all. Well, and that's the thing. We just don't know. And I, I think it's really funny. The other day I was listening to the BBC and they were, <laughs> it just feels like there's so much, they're just further ahead than us because they were talking about like the effectiveness of masks and which ones are better. And I'm like, God, we're just trying to get people to wear masks here in America. Um, but they were saying in, in that story, I thought was interesting. They were saying that the masks that loop around and tie in the back of your head or go around to the back of your head actually are more effective because they... Uh, are a little tighter on your face opposed to the ear loop ones, which I thought was interesting because um, they can tend to let a little bit of air in. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's definitely not a story we're talking about here. Here we're just like, please put a mask on. Well, I'm like, you know, we both knew that a cloth mask would be less effective than like, say, a surgical mask, but I didn't really know that it could be worse. <laughs> right. <laughs> so right. like this. So anyways, but okay, that brings us to the next thing, your eyes, because your eyes are still out and about when you are wearing a mask. So like, if you can get coronavirus through your eyes, should we wear goggles too? Is that taking it too far? Okay, so here's what's funny. We talked about this in an earlier episode, right? That um, COVID can spread easily if you, you know, through tears or whatever. And we're like, well, obviously we're all crying during this time. Um, (laughs) So that'll happen. Um, But I thought it was interesting. Fauci, I guess, the, the reason this started was because Fauci was like casually talking to some teachers and they were asking if they should wear goggles in the classroom. And he said if it would make them more comfortable, feel more comfortable, then they should do it. So basically this story got kind of taken away in the media a little bit. Um, and people all of a sudden were like, no, we have to wear goggles now. And he came back on and he was like, I didn't say everyone needs to wear goggles specifically. It may help if you're in a place that you're going to be for a long period of time. Say you're teaching a class or you're you know, whatever you're doing, if you're a teacher or, you know, maybe you work in um, some sort of essential workforce. But um, he didn't exactly mean that everybody should put on goggles right away. So I think that was interesting the way that that got spun very quickly. I know. Well, and I have some of those face shields that I bought. So I drove back home. Um, I didn't fly. I was very terrified of getting or giving someone coronavirus in my journeys. So I had face masks. And first of all, people were like, what are you doing, you crazy person? Um, but also someone else like yelled at me and told me that they weren't effective at all. So like, I wasn't in the impression that if your eyes were being covered in a mostly whatever, I was obviously wearing a mask as well, but I was thinking it would help prevent the spread, which it sounds like. It- well, and that's the thing. It's like one of those things, like if you're willing to like, 
you know, be, I, I, I always say like, it's better to be safe than sorry, obviously, especially in this, like, you know, everything changes. Like, I feel like we were some of the early adopters in LA wearing masks. And of course we got a few looks, you know, and people are like, oh, they're crazy. And then now it's like, uh, LOL. I see you're wearing a mask too now, Susan. So, um, I just feel like it's one of those things. If it makes you feel better, it's fine. I flew to Arizona and I was like bundled up like a mummy and I didn't wear a face shield, but I wore those like blue light glasses. First of all, they're just adorable. Second of all, um, I, it made me feel a little bit better about like maybe droplets. I don't know, you know, maybe my eyes being a little bit more protected than they would be if they were just out in the open air. Um, but you know, I think it's just like a comfort thing at the end of the day, right? I mean, right. It's a comfort thing, but also you would like, I don't know, maybe it's sort of like a placebo effect. It's like, I feel a little bit better about wearing this. So Which maybe. is fine. You know, it, it, these days, if anything makes you feel fine, do right. it. Like if right. I need to order a Domino's pizza tonight because it, it makes me feel better. Yep. I'm doing it. That's where I am right now. So <laughs> That's where I'm at always. No, I get that. Well, and coming up, we'll talk to one of our, men- our mental health expert, my childhood best friend who happens to be a therapist. And she actually spoke to that a little bit about ordering uh, and or making yourself macaroni. And she's as a, as a way to do self, do a little self-care in these trying times. Love it. Yeah, let's talk about that because you talked to her. She's a therapist. Um, what did she have to say about the way people are feeling and, and how people are coping? I mean, like, I think just about any therapist will tell you, but she said this as well. This is the cra- like one of the craziest times to be alive. And um you know, we kind of go through different stages in a crisis like this. Like there are different stages of disaster stress. So during or right after a disaster, communities tend to pull together. You remember we had all these advertisements. We're all in this together. We're cheering at seven or whatever. Um, And then everyone sort of hits this disillusionment phase. You start to like lose your optimism and have negative or angry reactions. What are they doing to fix this? How long will it last? Um, I read one study or one expert from UC Davis said that this phase can like literally last for a year. So like we better settle in Um, and all that like absolutely sucks. But my childhood best friend who is a therapist and technically has a doctorate had this to say. Well, let's talk for a second about self-care. Like, at what point are your self-care steps, like, taking a turn for the worse? For example, I could eat, like, a whole bucket of mac and cheese, and I would feel better momentarily, but would feel like trash later. Is that is it, like, better to feel good in now, or, like, should you be – is there a way that you can, like, strategize about feeling good and also not just becoming a trash monster? That's a great question. Um, A lot of times I talk with people about how anything to the extreme is harmful. Anything to the extreme is not necessarily helpful. In fact, I would say it's potentially harmful. Um, And so that that sort of that turn of like, when does self-care become more like self-indulgence? It it really kind of depends on what's the function here. Because if the function of the behavior is to, say, meet a biological need, right? Like, I haven't eaten in the last six hours, and I really do need something to eat, and so I'm going to eat some mac and cheese, then that might be self-care. But if it's, okay, I've had enough mac and cheese, and I'm not actually hungry anymore, but I really feel bad, and so I'm using food as a way to get a basically – basically some a dopamine rush in the brain of, of pleasure, then that might be more self-indulgence. And so making sure that it really is um, balanced with, with all of your other needs. 
that was my childhood best friend, Rebecca Hoke. Thank you so much for joining us. And we're going to have more from her with more coping mechanisms you can do. When does self-care become self-harm? All that good stuff. If you're looking for, you know, a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, she's got it. And we're going to make that into a mini app later this week. Mini app? Look how cool we are doing mini apps. I know. Who are we? Are we? I don't know. Are we podcasters now? Are we podcast gals? (laughs) Gross. <laughs> okay, on a lighter note, this is actually my favorite story we have in the pod today because I truly cackled at it. But okay, University of Georgia students are returning to campus this fall. And as anyone who has attended college in a large state school, it often involves like partying, drinking, hooking up, yada, yada. So, University of Georgia sent out this like COVID sexual guidance to students. And it's already been taken down for the record, but don't worry, there are screenshots. We have the receipts. It suggests normal things like practice solo sex and limit your number of sexual partners, washing your hands and objects with warm water for 20 seconds before and after activities. Um, But then it kind of takes a left turn, and I'm just going to read these aloud to you. And if I ever run for president, please don't play these quotes again, but they're just so funny. The virus has been found in the semen and feces of people with COVID-19. We do not know if COVID-19 can be spread through vaginal or anal sex. Consider wearing a face mask during sex. Heavy breathing and panting can further spread the virus, and wearing a mask can reduce the risk. Avoid kissing and be creative with sexual positions that reduce close face-to-face contact. I saw someone on Twitter. This is not an original joke, but (laughs) someone on Twitter posted, no one UGA reverse cowgirl for COVID reasons. It's insane to me that they sent this out. Like who was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds good. Yep. Yep. Publish it. Pop it off. What? I, I mean, honestly, I can't. (laughs) It's hilarious. And I think it's, I mean, I think it's like, you know, nice of them to like try and make sure people do the right thing, but it's also like, come on. It's just, it's also like a little bit, like that's all pretty self-explanatory. Obviously there's nothing that turns me on like a mask. Um, so <laughs> I'm happy that they mentioned that um, just so everybody's doing that. Um, yeah. It's just, it's so funny. That is so funny to me. We have to well, post that somewhere. That's hilarious. I know. Well, and just like for me, I don't know. I get that college is a different time for most people, but like if I'm hooking up with you, like, I want you to have a negative coronavirus test in your hands. You know what I mean? Like, I I want you to be, AKA, like, doctor approved. <laughs> what a time. This is a sad story. Um, cancer diagnoses this year are down, um, which sounds like, oh, yay, that's good news. But it's actually not. So according to the Institute for Human Data Science, cancer screenings decreased by 90% in April compared to February's numbers, which means that people do have cancer, but were catching it later because people were too afraid to go to the doctor um, a few months ago. So that brings me to my question. Um, how safe is it to go to the doctor's office, a quick care? I just recently went to a quick care and freaked out because there were people getting COVID tests right next to me and I was in a room getting some silly thing done on my finger. Um, but we looked into it and there are some doctors that have some responses here. Um, Dr. Susan Bailey, um, she's a doctor in Fort Worth, Texas. She said that people should absolutely speak with their physicians before making decisions about going to the doctor. Um, So make sure that the places you're going, I guess, are, um, you know, taking all the right precautions and that they are making people wear masks and maybe ask if people, you know, 
have been COVID positive or are getting tested there, that's obviously a big, uh, that would make a big difference in where you go. But it's also, she said, it's really important uh, not to wait on certain things. Screenings are really important. Vaccines shouldn't wait. Um, So you don't want to just end up in a position where you or a loved one is in the hospital because you opted out against some sort of routine care. So the Mayo Clinic put out some directions for how to safely go to your doctor amid the pandemic. Um, Basically, they said to start out by doing your homework, call the clinic, check the site, yada, yada. Before you go there, someone's going to probably call you, ask you if you have any symptoms, that sort of thing. Then when you're actually there, you should make sure you're wearing a mask, washing your hands, don't touch your face, kind of all of what you expect. Make sure you're keeping your distance and like don't touch frequently touch services like go upstairs, but don't touch the railings, use touchless payment options. And also you can ask your doctor about telemedicine. This is really common nowadays, but there's an option for a video consult. I've actually done this a few times during the pandemic. You can talk to your therapist, your regular doctor, like just about anything, especially if it's just explaining symptoms or talking about maybe you've been feeling sick from eating something. But you know what I mean? Like anything that doesn't require them looking at something on your body, you can probably do telemedicine for. Um, Oh, and you can order your prescriptions without and ask them if delivery is an option. So don't, don't go inside if you can avoid it, basically. Yeah, but get those tests if you need them because you don't want to be behind on something or catch something late. For sure. Like, and you were talking about this, like you don't feel super comfortable going to the doctor right now, do you? No, well, I just went, like I was saying, I just went, I had a little um, infection on my finger randomly um, and they had to let, it was a whole thing. But regardless, um, I fainted. It is probably as a result of my finger being uh, drained, but also me just like actually having a panic attack because I'd been in that, you know, you're in that space for so long and they always talk about, you know, the period of time makes such a difference in you getting COVID or not. Um, so I was like, I just want to get out of here. Like, can I wait outside? Like, I don't want to be in this like little procedure room. Um, but you know, I guess I, I'd obviously it's one of those things again, even like with my, the reason I went to the doctor, like she was like, you had to come in. Thank God you came in. Cause you, you can't, like, let stuff like this go. So I think it's important, yeah, to, to go in, but be careful and, like, just try to be cool and not end up on the floor after fainting and they have to give you salts. It was a whole mess. And then I was like, okay, great. Now I'm actually laying on the floor. Um, so now I have COVID all over my body. Um, okay, great. <laughs> oh, my God. What a mess. Was a mess. And I did read something interesting about going to the dentist. I guess dentists are really don't so don't do your dental cleanings if you can avoid it because dentists are, you know, generating aerosol droplets from your mouth. They're dealing with all of your bodily fluids. I guess they're really high risk because they well, it makes are, sense, especially because your mouth is gaping open. Your, yeah. your mouth is like just like waiting for something to fly into it. Yeah, no, that that's scary. Hundred percent, and like. The World Health Org even says that non-essential oral health care like should just be delayed until there's been a significant reduction in COVID-19 cases. We're all going to come out of this pandemic with like four teeth. (laughs) I know. So ratchet. It's fine. Okay. So let's talk. Let's really shift gears here. But like the coronavirus, um, QAnon, the right-wing conspiracy theory, is apparently much more widespread than we thought. Do you like my transition? I really tried there. Yeah. I mean, this is funny because QAnon is something that you talked to me about in the beginning of the pandemic, and I didn't know what it was. But basically, it's a just a big conspiracy theory ring, right? 
Yeah. So there's a guy named Q or maybe multiple people. I'm not sure. They post, um, he posts, he or they post regularly kind of like, I'm going to say outlandish things that all sort of form around the idea that Donald Trump is leading a secret war against the deep state. It's all a lot to take in. So here is a quote from MSNBC explaining it. Q claims to be sharing insider government secrets with the masses and has spawned an entire movement, QAnon, which um, essentially believes the entirety of the Democratic Party and much of Hollywood are conspiring and running an underground pedophile sex trafficking ring. Even Tom Hanks. And the followers of Q uh, also believe that President Donald Trump is working secretly with the generals to expose this entire sick thing and that the Mueller probe isn't actually investigating Donald Trump, but Robert Mueller and Donald Trump are actually investigating the Obamas and the Clintons, all of whom are wearing ankle bracelets because they've already been secretly indicted. An internal investigation by Facebook has uncovered apparently thousands of groups and pages and millions of members and followers that support the QAnon conspiracy theory. So that's cool. That's I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I know so many of those people because they went to my high school. No, where even my own brother like spouted some QAnon kind of BS at me the other day. And I was like, where is your source? He's like, oh, I saw it on Instagram. I'm like, that's not a source. Well, that's the thing too. Like sometimes these theories, yeah. And sometimes these theories sound kind of legit. So you end up being like, well, yeah, yeah. I saw that somewhere, I think. And, And then all of a sudden you're like, wait. Is that real? And then it becomes like a thing that people think or it's in the zeitgeist or whatever. And it's just really dangerous. These conspiracy theories, I think, are dangerous. And that's why, honestly, even talking about it kind of gives me anxiety to even – I don't even want to give it any attention because it's the just like – Well, yeah, and it's, it's interesting like, too ugh. because I started seeing even in recent days sort of like ancillary conspiracy-type theories um, that seem to stem from QAnon thinking but like brought it a little bit back more into the mainstream. Like they're talking – everyone's talking about ch- like children being trafficked right now which is like admittedly a problem, but it's also interesting. I think it's stemming from sort of that whole conspiracy theory ring about child trafficking at the highest levels of American society that is a QAnon theory. I am not a conspiracy theorist. However, I will say that I watched that Epstein doc and I was like, hmm, this is interesting seeing how many like high-powered people he hangs out with and how crazy and horrible that guy was. I was like, wait, what? So obviously there are some conspiracy theories that, again, like I'm saying, could maybe trap you into believing that they're true. Um, And even like I really wonder what's going to happen with this Ghislaine Maxwell um, thing because she obviously hung out with Trump a ton and he doesn't want her to say anything that happened with them together. Um, And that's pretty obvious in the way that he reacts to questions about her. Let's take a turn into the baby news. This week has been a big week of baby announcements, like literally so many I can't even keep up. But Bindi Irwin is the most recent she's expecting with her husband Chandler Powell. They got married five months ago at the Australia Zoo, which was like closed, but their family owns it. Her grandparents opened it in the 1970s. So love that journey for them, even though she's 22 and I'm archaic comparatively but um what I want to talk about is this sort of baby boom I feel like we're experiencing thoughts totally yeah here's the deal these babies are going to be the corona babies 
Like, there's going to be so many babies are coming out of this. So many babies, so many puppies, so many new, you know, new baby, new lives, I guess. Uh, it's this coronavirus boom. I mean, obviously. I, th- I mean, honestly, it makes sense. If I were married and I were in a position to have a kid right now, I would definitely probably try to get pregnant right now because no one's going into the office. Like, it's kind of a nice time to, like, nurture yourself. Um, I would do it. I think it's actually probably a smart move. <laughs> Yeah, especially if you know that your office is going to stay closed. Um, I mean, like, why not, right? You're just going to be home. It's the best time to be pregnant. You can go to the bathroom a million times a day in the comfort of your own home. Okay, so really quick, I want to talk about Naomi Osaka, who, if you remember, is the tennis star from Japan who is also black. Um, She posted some pictures on Instagram in a bikini, and people came after her for apparently ruining her innocent image. She was definitely not here for that and posted later how it was creeping her out, how many people were commenting at her about it and wrote, quote, you don't know me, I'm 22 and I wear swimsuits to the pool. Why do you feel like I can comment? Why do you feel like you can comment on what I wear? And like, TBH, I kind of, I'm chill with that. Like, if you're 22 and you're wearing a bathing suit to the pool, like, go for it. You know what I mean? Do you think... I don't know. I mean, like, I wouldn't post a boudoir, like, photo shoot, maybe, unless you're, like, a model and you're totally okay with having those exist forever. But I don't know. What do you think? Like, should public figures post bikini pics? Should they post thirst traps? Like, where do you draw the line? Does it depend on what kind of public figure you are? Okay, so I just pulled up the picture. It's, like, so innocent. She's sitting by the pool, and she's she's posing. Here's the deal. People need to just calm down. In today's, we have way too many things going on. Like, really, we're going to come after a young girl for posting a bikini pic. She looks great. If she's happy about, you know, what she's doing and how she looks and she wants to flaunt it, I think all power to her. I think she should post a bikini picture a day now. (laughs) Do do whatever she wants. That's so silly that people think that they can. Yeah, I think it's so silly that people, like, feel like they can dictate what people post or whatever just because of who they are. Like, I wouldn't. I don't have any problem about anybody celebrating their bodies. I think that we should be able to do that. Yeah, I'm with you. I, And as long as you're okay with them being out there. You know what I mean? Like, I would always encourage – I used to work in a high school, and any high schoolers, you know, would always be like, think about what you're putting out there and remember that it'll be out there forever. But, like, her pictures are super innocent, and it's not, like – it's not even overtly – you know what I mean? It's not even overtly sexual. I mean, not that it would be bad if they were. I'm just saying, like – for people to come after her for that, of all things, I'm kind of, like, calm down. Yeah, and certainly times have changed. Like, I will say, like, probably if you, you know, asked me four years ago, like, would you post a bikini? And I actually, that it's funny, I'm being slightly hypocritical here. I don't really like posting bikini photos myself. Um, just because, like, I don't know why. And every time when I apply for jobs, I kind of go through my <laughs> Instagram and, like, take down the pictures that I'm like, eh, I'm showing too much skin or whatever. Um, so I guess it's slightly hypocritical. But I think that times have certainly changed. Like, you, we've gotten used to seeing people in their swimsuits and it not being something, a jaw-dropping moment. So I, I think that it's surprising that she would kind of get called out for this when it's like, these are so innocent. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I guess I'm with you. I usually don't post bikini pictures, but if I do, I would say that they're not like posed super sexually. It's just like I'm on a beach hanging out. And I think that that is completely different than like, you know, bending over and like trying to be all like open mouth situation. Cause I could see how that would reflect like poorly on my employer or on um, just on me, you know, for my future presidential run I keep joking about today. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like I wouldn't want that out there. But, you know, I used to have this friend who would joke, we'll never look better than we do right now whenever we were, like, 
wearing something that's like a little too revealing. She's like, it's fine. We're young. Still. That sounds like my mom. That is my mom. She's like, yes, I, whatever. Don't wear like any clothes. I'm like, mom, what? She's like, yeah, the shorter, the better. It's fine. Whatever. You look great. Like your body, you know, because they think like they see it and they're like, well, I would die to have a body like that, you know, um, you know, and be young. So I just feel like celebrate your body however you want to do that if you want to post bikini pics dope if you don't cool no one cares it's fine okay we're gonna round this episode out um and talk about just a few things we're watching um in a section we're gonna call what we're watching Ooh, creative um i watched last night (laughs) uh last night i watched uh danny trejo's documentary called inmate number one and it was so good if you don't know him he's an actor he's been in everything everything literally um but he's probably most well known for like machete um, but he's he's really great, and uh, it's basically talks about his journey from being um, addicted to heroin at the age of twelve, and then becoming this like incredibly successful Hollywood actor. And now he just gives back and talks to people in jails, and it's he's really great. So I would suggest that one. That's a that's my rec for the week. That is wild. Twelve. Mm-hmm. Twelve. Insane. Well, and he's, like, a big deal in Los Angeles because he owns, like, a bunch of restaurants and, like, things, and people are huge fans of him. But I had no idea he was 12. That's when he got addicted to heroin. It's crazy. Okay, I want to watch. Um, my recommendation, I have two. I binged all of Dead to Me. It is an awesome show. It's funny. It's smart. It's dark. It's beautiful. There's beautiful real estate to look at. Um, highly recommend. And then my other suggestion is also about beautiful real estate, but it's not as um smart (laughs) selling sunset um it's a reality show on netflix it's about selling beautiful you know mansions in southern california slash like mostly the hollywood hills area and it is kind of like the hills but for adults i would say so highly recommend if you are looking for some like lighthearted, sugary garbage to watch i would watch that my favorite thing to watch is sugary garbage. So same. Um, okay, well that wraps it up for us. Thank you guys so much for listening this week. If you want to follow us throughout the week, you guys can find us at Well Informed Girlfriends on Instagram. And if you want to follow me on my personal, um, you can find me at TDP. And I'm at Samantha Cabrera. Thanks everyone. Have a good one. Yay.